Now back to the Midday Grind with Martin and Marlo on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. Getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. You know it's me when I come through your town. I'm going to ride around in style. I'm going to drive everybody wild. Cause I'll have the only one there is around. So the very next I'm day when I punched in with I'm my big say box with help from my friend. He lied to I left me. That day with Kenny Wallace lied to me. Liar. He's going into the old ball game. Ready to have a few brews. Lovely Kim was going to drive him home, and he said, I don't think I can come on tomorrow. And here he is, Kenny Wallace, on with us. He's overcome his fears, his angst, his anxiety. Kenny Wallace, the living legend, is with us live from the Steak and Shake in Farmington. It's the only one he could find that was open. He had to drive all the way to No, that's not true. Kenny, how are you? I'm doing good. I have so much to say. Um, Number one, it's really cool seeing you down at Bush Stadium, you know, for the evening news. That's two times or three times now that I uh, I see you on the south side of Bush Stadium, or shall I say underneath uh, Route 40. <laughs> That's crazy, but you look good. And uh, I was excited to introduce you to my wife and let you know that I am really a normal person, like with a wife, and I do have children. <laughs> So, I didn't think I didn't big. think that you just made it up on Twitter. He has a pretend family. <laughs> hey, we should also mention this. Your wife's really talented and sells these wreaths, and it's at different times of the year. Give that a little promotion. Where where can people find these? Because they'd be a great gift, whether it's Mother's Day or a birthday present down the road or Christmas down the road. Yeah, it's no joke. My wife, uh, and I know we all brag on our wives, but Kim is incredibly talented. She makes these wreaths that hang on your door. She started making them probably five, six years ago, and she has made well over 5000 And, man, she is really good. Sells them all over the United States. And uh, just reach out to Kim Wallace on, on Twitter or even on Facebook. She has uh, a place on Facebook called Reeks by Kim Wallace, and she makes them personally for you. And, and Kim creates conversations. I'll say, who is that you just talked to? Oh, you know, so-and-so's got somebody – you know, in the army, or somebody's passing away, and oh my God, it's just—it's uh, really incredible what my wife does. She can help people be happy, feel good. So yeah, give her, give her a shout out. And that's really nice of you. Uh, and Kenny, you were going to be nervous. You are nervous. You were worried. You may not come on because of a game seven tonight. You're a big Blues <laughs> fan. You become a regular at those games as well. Uh, can we talk you off the ledge? Just we, we all—is it danger? Are you, how superstitious are you? Because if we say to you, we're actually feeling pretty good, is that a jinx? No. Here, here's my deal. It, you know, I, as I've always said on here, I, I've been in competition my whole life, and I don't believe in superstition, but I don't test it. So it's like my dear friend Lauren Wright. He's like, come down to the detours and watch the Blues. I'm like, nope. Last time I went down to detours and watched the Blues, we lost. So I'm not testing that again. He's like, it don't matter. I said, okay. So I went down last week, and they lost. So he told me to come down again. I said, I ain't doing it. So that uh, I don't go down, and then we win. So I am going to be at home within all my big 50-incher, and, you know, I'll be, I'll be dug in, 
and I'm right. Same as me being there. I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> Kenny, we've asked everybody the last couple of days. Give us your pick to click. Which player is going to come through tonight? Maybe the game-winning goal. Who do you think is going to really kind of own the game tonight? Well, you know, I got to tell you, there, there's a lot of people. I think Schwartz is on a roll, right? He's the one scoring all the goals. Uh, my buddy Colton Pareko, how about that? You know, I was able to text back and forth with Colton. Now, listen, not name-dropping, just telling the truth. Uh, Colton's excited. Uh, he conversed with me back and forth, and I've never seen him do that. I think Colton, you know, he's been in a, a couple – uh, I'm not saying fights, but skirmishes. He he's different right now, and I, I think he he's uh, he's taking more shots from the blue line, which I know Barovia preached that about three months ago. Take some shots, damn it! You know you don't got to get all the way into the crease, and uh, you know so I, I think Colton, I think Schwartz stays on it. Now listen, we know how great Vladimir is. But he's going to have to skate like he's never skated in his life, you know. Uh, but, but here's what I expect tonight. When they drop that puck, hold on one minute. Yes, ma'am. Fries. Do I need any ketchup or salt? Malt. No, I'd go ketchup Thank and you, salt. Ketchup. Easy Damn on the salt. Easy, so, easy on the big night ahead. Easy on mustard, the salt. Mustard. Light salt. Maybe. Oh, you know, get some baked beans. Ask for baked beans. Yeah, well, baked beans. I'd be farting all damn day long if I did that. <laughs> I would have to say this on this last thing I got to say about the Blues. When they drop that puck tonight, I expect the players to like, like go off like a bomb. I think they're all going to smash in each other, and they're going to skate so fast for like the first, you know, three, four line shifts, whatever it is, and then and then they'll then they'll get going. But it's it's going to be insane. I I expect complete drama, you know, in the you know the first. You know, six minutes. It's it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be a game. I wonder if, and the crowd will usually do the goalie chant if a goalie gives up a couple or gives up a really bad goal. But there's so much focus on Ben Bishop, whether or not he was, how severely he was injured or whether he's really healthy out there. I wonder if you could start that Bishop, that chant early. Do you guys, how about on the panel here, do you guys think that's inappropriate to start with that early in the game to get in his head a little bit? Is it no, too early? It's not inappropriate. Well, it's not inappropriate, but I wouldn't do it. It always comes back to bite people in the ass. Every time I try to be a smart ass, it never works. Okay. You know, I mean, that's just, listen, that's my opinion. So we got to wait. Got to wait till we get a couple of goals, little biscuits in the basket, right. and then you roll it out. Okay. I'm just I'm just an well, idea guy. That's all. Well, listen. Some of them are bad. But that, yeah. No, it's not bad. It's, you know, listen, if they start it, then it's okay, Right. If they, you know, so like if they did that last time down in Dallas, then okay, you know, you fight fire with fire. I'm just saying, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we have an opportunity to go as deep as we. When was the last time we went to the the, the finals? Well, they went. The they time? they did go three years ago to the conference final. They lost to San Jose, beat Dallas in a game seven in round two, ironically, to get to the conference final. But before that, it had been fifteen years. So it's not something yeah. that happens too often around here. But it feels different this time. Yes or no? Yeah, no, I think honestly, it's because. I think the turnaround of the season was so stunning, people kind of got on board, but also the goalie. The fact that Jordan Bennington doesn't seem to melt in a big moment, hasn't really had one of those. He hasn't had any horrible moments. They did have a bad game against the Jets, gave up six goals, but for the most part, 
the goalie confidence that fans have is unique, I think, around here. We haven't had that. And, you know, one last thing. I want to talk about this if they're goalie. So, if, if you're paying, you know, and, and you know, years ago, uh, and you're, you're a shorter man, and, and you got all the stuff on the gear, it, it would seem like you would fill up less of the net. Now, Bishop, if he's six seven, did I hear? Yep. Okay, if you're six seven, and you're putting on all that stuff, d- doesn't that fill up the net more or not? Well, we used to joke. Did Charlie? Was that a Doug thing where they say you put a sumo wrestler in mm-hmm. goal, and then there'd be no way you could ever just have like a really fat goalie? There'd be no way to get it past him. You know, listen, I, I'm a lover. I believe in. I love everybody, but I'm just saying that that just doesn't seem right to me. So, like in auto racing, okay, in auto racing, when, when we go to the wind tunnel and we put our car in the wind tunnel, we want to we want to punch a very small hole. In other words, you know, we want the car to be small so it goes through the wind quick. Well, it seems to me if the player's bigger in the net, that's an advantage. I don't understand how that can be, be right, of course. Well, I think know, and I the think. Ar- but the argument against some of the bigger guys, like the smaller guys are more mobile, flexible. They can get around. They can find that puck up in the corner. If you're bigger, in theory, maybe you're not as flexible or mobile. But you're right. You're taking up more space. I'm just saying, okay, one last thing. I know I'm overdoing it. If you're a big guy and you start putting on all that padding, that's that's a lot. You know what I mean? But anyway, that's just my By the way, that the Kenny, Kenny had three one last things. That's great because usually when I interview somebody, I'll say final question. Then I realize there's two more things I mm-hmm. forgot to bring up. So I'll say final question part two. You are excited. You were at the Cards game last night. What was your favorite moment? Because that was a great game. Well, my favorite moment was, was going into the game. I knew it was live on ESPN. I knew it was live on ESPN because of Bryce Harper, and I get that. My favorite moment now collectively, knowing it's an ESPN game, knowing they're there for one reason, they're there for Bryce Harper, was obviously when the game was already out of hand, we haven't won six to nothing. You know, it's like, okay, this is not a save opportunity, but Schilt, and the Cardinal organization realized, okay, let's give ESPN what they want. Because this is not a Hicks moment. This is not our reliever's moment. They bring him in anyway. My favorite moment was the matchup, but, but here's when it really became incredible. Did you see the movement on, on his 90-mile-an-hour? It's like, okay, he's going to go 103. And it's like 87. It's like, whoa. And then it was 90. It's like, whoa, what's Hicks doing here? So my favorite moment was that matchup, but more so when Hicks came with something that nobody was expecting. That It taught me that Hicks has been saving more stuff that we did not know about. It was great theater, even though you're right. it was The game was out of reach. And I don't know if they would ever tell us the truth, that they did it because of the, the moment being sort of exciting and dramatic, even though the lead is six-zip. Or if it's simply because he hadn't pitched in almost a week and they kind of wanted to get him out there. But you're right. I love that moment, too, despite the fact he had three home runs. Hey, we should not forget to mention you had a win last week. You were racing in Macon, Illinois, and you brought home the trophy. Yep. Thank you. We still uh, we still test our talent. Uh, 55 years old, but hey, hey, is that a round of applause by Charlie Martin? Sure is. It was, sure a, is. It, was a, it was a rather weak attempt. Let's try, hold on. Let's try that again. Very much, Turn into gentlemen. the Frank Opinion Show. Thank you. I, I, I want to thank all the boys back at the shop. I want to thank God, Buddha, Goodyear, and Gatorade. 
<laughs> God, Buddha, and Gatorade. There, that's the name God, of my new well, album. That's good. Well, I said God. Uh, I said God, Goodyear, and Gatorade, but I do like the God, Buddha, and Gatorade. That's good. <laughs> hey, you got a new that's album good. coming now, out? Have, yeah, God, Buddha, and we're Gatorade. Winning. We're we're on top of our game. We're, we're eating healthy. We're we're kind of like Brady. You know, I may be fifty five. Brady's forty one, and uh, we're still competitive. And when I'm not competitive, is when I will lay my tools down and go home. But Right now, we're setting track records. My, uh, Saturday in Macon, Illinois, we set a track record, which means I'm on it. it means I'm on. I'm sending it into the corners and uh, set a new track record, which means since 1947, I went around that racetrack faster than anybody in the in the, my my division. So that's badass. And then I won the race. So nice. um, we're rolling, baby. Good job. And I'm, I'm going to borrow that phrase, Charlie. When I don't have it anymore, I'm going to lay my tools down as well. 100%. And Kenny, <laughs> Kenny, because you brought it up, I'm guessing yep. you had to do this back in the day. I always love it for a NASCAR race when the winning driver, that first interview, in like a 17-second span, that person mentions all 14 of his sponsors. Yeah. yeah, And, and you know what? Here's the, the story behind that. We understand that rate NASCAR is a sponsorship-driven sport, and you would be on your hands and knees trying to get sponsorship. And they're like, well, you know, they have analytics and, and they, you know, they, if you win a race to sponsor, they're like, oh my God, we got so much TV time. So that's when all that started. If you said their name, if you're, if you're sponsored by Coca-Cola and they saw you drinking Coca-Cola on TV, just any way to get your sponsor's name in or mention it. So, uh, so yeah, I do want to thank Toyota. I do want to thank, you know, Jags High Performance Parts. I want to thank you and Lloyd's College. And listen, I can go on and on, but you are one hundred percent right. That's the way we stay alive is our sponsors. Kenny, what's your go-to drink and meal before a race? You were discussing that last hour. What we're, you yeah, drink? we were saying hockey players drink a lot of coffee, maybe a Red Bull before a big race. Good, good question. So, you know, two thousand twelve. You know, I lost twenty five pounds because I got off the of sugar. Water is is a must, but it's very boring. So I do something that is kind of like everybody's cigarette. When we get heading up the road, and I feel like it's going to be a late night, see, my stomach is pretty sensitive. I can't eat or drink anything spicy. I go to these little convenience stores, and I get these Starbucks vanilla double shot. Um, it is like an energy drink, but it's like a cold coffee. And uh, so... I, I am an athlete, so I drink water, water, water. I get all that. My God, if somebody tells me to drink water, one more time I'm going to smack them if they're in front of me. I get it. Okay, water. Now that's that. But, yeah, my go-to energy drink, if I need energy, which is very seldom, if it gets to be like we're racing and for some reason it's 11 at night, I will get that. You can go to any convenience store or gas station. It's that Starbucks. Double shot vanilla. It's a tall drink, but it's very easy on your stomach, and uh, that, and it, it, it's good. It's good stuff. It gets you jacked up. And then when you win the race, it's forty-two Bud Lights. Yes, <laughs> it is. Um, well, I'm the only one that can drive now, so we we better be spending the night. I'm the only one that's got a damn CDL, uh, so I got to drive nowadays. But uh, okay. if it worked for me or Joey did. Yeah, it was forty-two. 42 Bud Lights, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now that might be the recipe for a Game 7. Uh, we'll let you get back to your meal. He's live from Steak and Shake in Farmington. We didn't even ask why you're in Farmington. 
and we didn't ask what you're eating, but I'm going to go, all right, Charlie, patty melt would be a great choice. The Frisco melt's outstanding, but I feel like he probably went kind of a single cheese, kept it simple. Yeah. I'm going to go Reuben. Double steak burger with cheese and uh, mustard because it's better than mayonnaise. So, so true. Eat like if I'm going to eat like crap, I'm going to go mustard instead of mayonnaise. Let's clap for Kenny I'm, for dissing mayo. Mayo's terrible. All right. I disagree. And, and, one, and I'm down here because my dear friend Billy Smith is excellent at rebuilding transmissions. So I, I uh, my transmission acted weird on me this week. So I brought one down for him, and he's the best at, at rebuilding those babies. So that's, I, I brought it down. And now, now I'm headed over to Dittmer, Missouri, to the great Kenny Schrader shop because um, – I'm going to run Arkansas on Saturday night, and they run uh, some different tires down there. And so instead of buying tires, me and Schrader, we loan tires back and forth. So I'm going over to get six tires, and uh, then I'll finally get back to shop around 2 o'clock. Kenny, have a great Game 7. We'll talk to you next week. Love you all. Merry Christmas, everybody. Love there you, too. It is. There it is. Don't be confused. It feels like Christmas in St. Louis. We've got a Game 7 tonight. Christmas in May. If you need your uh, Christmas dinner picked out, go to Schnucks. Mother's Day on Sunday, right after Christmas, you can get those flowers. Do it on your phone, real simple. Download the Schnucks app. You can do everything right there on your phone. Get them delivered. Do your entire shopping list on your phone. It also guides you through the store. Then you have the rewards. Chuck, I don't want to brag. Or right, maybe it's a little bit. I'm up to like $20 right now. My oh, Schnucks my God. Go buy some food. No, I'm afraid now. I'm afraid. It's two cases. I'm afraid to cash out. I gotta just I gotta keep it going. I wanna see how high it can go. Schnooks, that's part of the fun and when you're shopping, it is. It adds to it. A little excitement. Absolutely. I love Schnooks. At the checkout counter. We will be at Schnooks on Friday Saint of Charles this week. Rock Road. On the Rock Road. Come by and say hello. Uh just enough time for the end of the day. The end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's gonna be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. Couple of random things. Um, Martin, Chuck, I wouldn't expect you to know this because you were in Toledo. Martin, do you recall who scored the game-winning goal for the Blues the last time they hosted a Game Seven in the second round? Say it again. Do you recall who scored the game-winning goal for the Blues the last time they hosted a Game Seven in Round Two? Eighty-six against Toronto. <sighs> Did the Blues lose? No, they won that game. Oh, because they advanced to play Calgary, yes. which was the Monday Night Miracle Series. Game-winning goal, 86. Third Joey period. Mullen. Bernie Federico and Mark Hunter were the assist gatherers for a goal Sutter. by... Sutter. No, Kevin Lavalie. Oh, I would not have guessed that. Maybe a Kevin Lavalie-esque player will score tonight. Well, that, that now we've got to extrapolate from that. Who's on that on par with that player? Barbashev's going to score tonight, maybe? Oh, well, that'd be surprising so 86 game seven at home okay we, we were discussing last week i posited that uh, washington might be the second most dysfunctional team in baseball behind the marlins chuck it's so i know last week and you've mentioned it before you've done a really good job of tracing back issues with the nationals that could have been solved simply by not making bad trades they've mm -hmm. dealt really good relievers for relievers who aren't as good in return i bring this up because i did not know this but I came across it this morning. Two of the best young starters in the National League. And one team deserves a lot of credit for putting him on their Major League roster to start the year and not wasting the first two weeks of him in the minors. But one is Chris Paddock. 3-1, 1.55 ERA. is striking out 10 per nine. 
is allowing only four hits per nine innings for the San Diego Padres. He was traded by the Miami Marlins to San Diego in June of 2016 for Fernando Rodney. Good we'll ha- deal. We'll have a little Fernando Rodney bit, too, after this as well. Crooked hat guy? Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. So pa- Paddock was added to the roster at the beginning of the year because he needed another starter, and he was their best option, and he was one of their top young pitchers. The other one in this division, the Reds, Luis Castillo. Again, a dynamic young starter. 3-1, and 1.97 ERA. Ten and a half strikeouts per nine innings, and is the ascendant ace for Cincinnati moving forward. He was traded twice by the Marlins. First in 2016 to San Diego in a deal that he had to be de- dealt back because Colin Ray was injured goods in that trade. So the Marlins got him back. They traded him again to Cincinnati in 2017 for Dan Straley. So I know we fret a lot about, well, you know, you'd be better if you kept your good outfield. Think if you kept the young pitching talent, how much better you'd be if you were the Miami Marlins. So understanding why the Marlins suck. Yes. This is a little lesson in why the Marlins suck. Can't Sometimes blame... bad teams are bad because they don't know how to pl- how to evaluate players. Can't blame Jeter for this one. Hey, yo, bum. Yeah, Jeter. This, this is before him. Yeah, Jeter. Now, look, I think the last year or so, you can point to the Cardinals, and we'll see what happens. Obviously, Tommy Pham is on fire with the Rays. Luke Voigt. With the Yankees, but before that, don't you think you have to give the Cardinals credit for over the years, the last, let's say, 10, 15 years? They never dealt away anybody that became a superstar. They they kind of knew who to keep and also, in some cases, when to trade a guy at their highest value for somebody in return, like a Brett Wallace for a Matt, Matt Holiday, and those guys didn't end up being superstars for other teams. That is true. Uh, by the way, the uh, bite about Fernando Rodney, someone caught him in a game. He had a half a cup of coffee and then poured in it half of a sugar-free Red Bull. They asked him, this fan asked Fernando Rodney what that drink was. He was drinking it in the bullpen. He called it a wake-me-up. So there you go. <laughs> coffee and Red Bull, a wake-me-up. Didn't me up. Uh, Dr. Rick say that's what LeCavalier yeah. Vinny LeCavalier yeah. was the guy doing that? I yeah, think. I think so. Also, one of the greatest short stint careers, of course, Joel Zumaya. Who I think he had something like six Red Bulls a game, and he also got injured playing Guitar Hero. Him but and he threw, Brett Cecil might have something in common. But he threw like 100 miles an hour. And not, that, not that. They don't have that in He common. was shaking because he drank so much Red Bull in the uh, the bullpen, and I think he stopped being a good pitcher because he played so much Guitar Hero. And the 06 Tigers drank a lot of Red Bull, and that's why they couldn't field the baseball. That's, that's correct. They were shaking. That's accurate. Uh, guess Larry Bigby's career slash line. Ooh. Probably <sighs> better than we think. No. <laughs> no, I think, did he have a 30-homer season? No. Who am I confusing him with? I don't know. He pro- Brian, Brett, B.J. Anderson. His batting average, B.J. Surhoff was a good player. B.J. Surhoff. Played for the Orioles. Number one overall and pick, Surhoff, I believe, around 85. Uh, uh, 21st overall, actually, by Baltimore in 1999. No. Who? B.J. Surhoff. Oh, maybe. About. I don't we, have his baseball reference We up. shifted. Uh, I'll say Larry Bigby <laughs> hit about 270. On base, 340. Slugging is a tough one to gauge. 400. Chuck, what's your guess? I'm going to say because he was an Oriole for most of his career, right? Good uh, ball pack to yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. Five of his seven of his six years, I guess, were spent in I'm going to say 274 average, 327 on base, 430 slug. Martin, you were the closest of the two of all of them, I guess. Chuck, you were close on on base. 
but he was a 267 career hitter, a 331 on base, and this is where you were very close, a 395 career slugging. Um, yeah, this is what we do, okay? Yeah. Home runs and RBIs. Blues play tonight, Game 7, Dallas Stars. Guess Larry Bigby's home run RBI. Um, his people love this stuff. <laughs> career home runs, I'll say he had 58. Wasn't he kind of good for a while? No, he had um, one kind of good year. And RBI's 200. I don't know. <laughs> Martin is deeply I don't know. I'm going to say 64 homers and 259 RBIs. 31 home runs, 137 runs. Bad it in. <sighs> Predictions, final for tonight. Give me a score. <sighs> this is a lot of pressure. This is much more pressure than guessing Larry Bigby's slash yeah. line. I bet you wish we went back hey, to that Kill now, Kane, don't you? You got the blue score wrong. Yeah, but I almost nailed Larry Bigby's <laughs> slugging percentage. <laughs> I will say 4-2 Blues. Okay. I wrote this down already. 74 degrees. Blues win. 3-2. As my guy Ken Hitchcock always says, your best players have to be your best players. Tarasenko with the snipe job in the third period to win it 3-2. In that spirit, I think the Blues win 1-0. Ooh, and then Hoff I, has to update the you. I think this is a tight game that we all hate as it goes on and then don't appreciate it till after it's over. Like that Carpality game. You'll dread every minute of it until it's done. All right. Clip all of this off and then destroy it in about nine hours. When it's like 5-4. That's the end of the day. Can I just say real quick? Yeah. I thought that Larry Bigby was Jay Gibbons. That's why uh, I thought he was better. Jay okay. Gibbons was actually pretty good. Yeah. So I apologize. Who was the second baseman for Baltimore who had a randomly good year, too? Brian Roberts. Rich yes, Dower. yes, Brian Roberts. He was really good. I haven't fancy that year. That's uh, another day. What this about Pip Roberts? Ending. Okay, we got to go. Momentum go. does carry over. This is a great show. Great show, Go guys. to stltaxlawyer.com. Mark Millen, to, uh, if you have any uh, tax issues as well. Choice of attorney is an important decision. Should not be based solely upon advertising. He's right here at Woodlawn and Manchester, down the street from our station. All right, the hard line is next. Looks like they've got, I think they've got some former tough guys coming in. Looks like a lot of big fellas here talking blues talk. Hardline is next. Congratulations. Out.